This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> you can touch it if you want. Ladies, if you want to meet a man, check your storage closet. Come on, Kendall, take off your shirt and go camera shopping at Best Buy. Good shirtless, not bad shirtless. Yeah. Well, it was gratuitous. Yeah, it was. I like a good grizzled man sometimes. A lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It is time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about your favorite movies on both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I am Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Kurt Fitzpatrick. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett, and hello, Jason Bowers. My eyes are recovering because I just finished watching the movie and I had an eyegasm because both of those guys in this movie were like some of the hottest guys I've seen in the history of this podcast. I would say one of them was. The other one was hot, but I, I the, the blonde one didn't do it for me as much as the Portuguese, the Portuguese guy. guy did. Yeah. Oh, uh, he was beautiful. Yeah. Kurt, mm. <laughs> Kurt has this horrified look on his face. <laughs> no, not really. I'm just thinking that Les has a as has a propensity. What would that be the right word? An inclination towards uh, gentlemen with accents. Oh, right? I so the Australian. They both I, had them. I yeah, that yeah. that's what made it the the blonde guy hot for me is his accent. Yeah, he was good looking, but he was sort of run of the mill Australian guy. He looked, and this isn't a dig against him because this guy was very attractive and he was a good actor, but he looks sort of like a poor man's Hemsworth. Yes, he looked like Thor. Oh, yeah. He really yeah. did. Yeah. Had that sort of... Mm. And I, I, like, anyone... Like, the first scene with him, he had a man button. So I was immediately, yeah. like, not as on board as I would have been. But when he took that hair down... Mm, like mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to gauge. I'm so heterosexual, I can't gauge. I know that that's, other that's, guy was... There's was no such guy. thing as so heterosexual you can't gauge. Well, I know that a Spanish guy was. I know that he was. He was a handsome guy. Well, then that's gauging. Yeah, Portuguese. You can guy. gauge. All right, I can gauge him, but I don't know if I could. I can't really gauge the other guy. I don't know if you guys were into him or not. Oh, hold on a second. Uh -oh. It's you. What? What's happening? Our fire alarm. Guy. I'm going to put myself on mute. Maybe this is because the the two guys are so hot. <laughs> They're setting off Les's fire alarm. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have pegged yes, that guy. Yeah, that's how hot they were. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have pegged that guy. Maybe I shouldn't say it that way, but um, <laughs> but I, I don't. But the, but yeah, the Portuguese guy. I could acknowledge that he was a a, a handsome bloke. Yeah, a bloke, <laughs> as they say in the gay community. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I watched something very gay. I was talking. I, I was. I was telling Hardcore you guys porn? to respond to this, but. No, what happened was last night, I was so tired, I'm exhausted. I never sleep, because it's like now it's 10 o'clock at night, and I hear that there's a documentary on competitive tickling. <laughs> Do you guys Were there wanna... gay people in it? Well... It... <laughs> Don't this is talk like an about HBO it. documentary from like 2016, so I guess people are aware of this. It's called Tickled. And what they were doing was... <laughs> they were... Um, Somebody was like this company would hire these young guys like between like 18 and 23. Here we go. Guess I guess Les is into tickling too. 
<laughs> guys with accents mess. and and tickling. This is quite a knife for less. Wow. Um, I don't know if Les can hear me, but yeah. So what they would do is they'd hire the, <laughs> one of these guys. They pay him like <clears throat> pay him like two thousand dollars. They'd tell him this was for like a, a private collection, and then the guy would get strapped down because his, his wrists would get strapped down. And then like people, these these other guys, probably about the same age, would then hop on top of him. Like four four guys would like hop on top of him and start tickling him. One guy was like straddling him and tickling his belly. Two guys were each each guy had a foot. Another guy was, How old it were was, the guys? They were like 20. Well, that's <laughs> well, that like it. some young, apparently. Yeah, that did it. That did it. Um, Accents, tickling, and young. <laughs> These guys were young. See, and so, sometimes the company would go into like <laughs> a, a town, like a depressed area. And, and, and get guys. Well, yeah, I mean, really I, I, I would imagine anyone that's kind of putting a collection like this together and paying <laughs> these guys to do this stuff. That's very similar to how you recruit people into doing porn initially is you go to people that are maybe a little more desperate for money. And this doesn't seem like that big a deal to them. So, oh, you're going to pay me a couple grand to like get naked and do things or, or lay there and not be naked, but be tickled, whatever it is. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, it was uncomfortable the, to watch. Now were the guys, were the tickle guys attractive? How's your gauge? You know, I was like, I, I don't know if I could gauge. Yeah. They didn't seem unattractive and did, you know, they were, did, nobody did they get, was, <laughs> did, did they get tickled shirtless? No, but they had on like shorts and like a t-shirt. There seemed to be some sort of dress code for this situation. I would never, this, this is not a fetish of mine. Like I hate, like growing up, I hated being tickled and still hate it today when people do it as like a sign of affection. If you run into a friend or something, they tickle me. I will grab their fingers and threaten to break them. I hate it truly. Yeah, I don't like it either. Yeah. I'm ticklish. Yeah. Like roughhousing as a kid, like anytime my dad or my brother would try and do it, I would shut it down. And then, and then, and then, because I was a fat kid growing up, but my brother wasn't, if he would try and mess with me, I would sit on him. <laughs> wow. It, it, you know what? Another thing that I hate that I realized the other day that I hate, like when someone goes like beep, 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 and just starts like poking you. Poke, yeah, the poke. Who's doing this? Poking bugs me a little bit, especially if it's something like my stomach. I hate eat that uh but the tickling more than anything tickling see but I, I you can do smack me on the ass you can like tickle like grab me and sort of pick me up in a big bear hug that doesn't bother me but the tickling i will threaten your life Ooh. Ooh. Oh, well, I, I do recommend this documentary just to wrap that up because it's because it goes in different directions it like it's you think i started watching it thinking it was this weird tickling competitive tickling thing it, but then it goes in these weird directions like the as, psychology as, of being tickled no it goes into what happens is the, the the person who's running this organization this operation they start kind of exploiting these people like they start putting it online and yeah. they're not supposed to put it online like they didn't agree to that and no. then like and then they start like just harassing them like these it's like college kids and they're like so they're like writing to the colleges or writing to their coaches and saying look what you look what your uh look what your students up to oh, so and, like blackmailing and the, and the, and the thing just what's up like blackmailing them 
they don't even blackmail them. They just start throwing this information out there. They don't even give them a chance. And, uh, but then it's like, it's, it's really interesting because you kind of see they start doing it. Also the guy who's doing the documentary, he, he starts in the beginning. He, he tries to contact, uh, this company just so he could like interview them because he, he decides he wants to do a documentary and they write back to him and say, no, you are gay and we're not going to work with you because you're gay. And then they just, and then they continue to write him like, they they, they, they they just consistently write to them. We are not talking to you. You're gay and all this stuff. And it's just, it goes in these crazy. It, I wonder if it's like a, um, directions. if the, the tickling fetish and then the community that sort of perpetuates or that's not really the word, but, but participates in it. And it, I wonder if it's the thing of wanting to be degraded and degrade others. I don't know, but it's it's if you watch the documentary, it's it's one of those documentaries that that goes into all these different directions that you didn't expect. Like it goes into he they 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 learn like kind of who's behind it and who's behind them, and it's it's really oh, like so a, there's like a Mr. Thing. Big of tickling like Mr. yeah, Big. it's like I was I I'm telling you like I was so ex- I was so exhausted yesterday, but I stayed up till like after like Kurt well watching this thing. You just sold the documentary to me. Should we watch it for next <laughs> week's movie? I, I was on the I was on the edge of my seat in this oh, oh, watching wow. this thing. Wow. Yeah. You you seriously just sold this documentary. I'm gonna watch it. And then there's one point, like I'm not giving anything away, but not really, but they 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 find the person who's behind all this this stuff and they track this person down. Like they basically wait outside their home and start and like follow them with their car and they Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's Really good. Do you th- did, did they tickle anyone with an iPhone cable? No, but they use there's no. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they use a toothbrush, like an electric toothbrush. To, you'd like Wait, that, right? What? Uh, you got to see this documentary. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm it's, watching it's, it now. It's on Tubi. I watched it on Tubi for free, but it's it's an HBO documentary also. So it's probably an HBO Max. Tickled. Oh yeah, my gosh! Watch, now, watch that, everybody. Now, before we move on, were there was it just men or were there women involved too? Uh, there, there was only men in the tickling. The actual tickling videos they show, I found a little uncomfortable to watch. And, and, and I love the fact. <laughs> the thing that cracks me up is they're like, "We're not going to work with you. You're gay," and it's like. But you have that's how it starts. Tickling yeah. <laughs> video, you have fetish well, video. Well, that's why I asked if, if there's some sort of uh, if part of this is the being degraded and or degrading of others. Like yeah. I, I wonder if if they Probably. know yeah. that the people that are into this are into it psychologically because they like to be degraded so rather than just automatically agreeing to work with this guy they're like oh we're gonna degrade him and then he's gonna want to work with us even more oh jeez yeah. yeah that's what i'm wondering i don't know out there that are like that yeah there are people like that though for sure yeah one more question Check and i'm out. gonna watch it is the mastermind like a greasy old man I can't give it away. That's okay. to, when you see who actually is behind everything. Oh, that's I, uh, yeah. 
Thank God I've already the, watched this week's Mrs. Maisel. That's just going to keep you on your edge of the seat. <laughs> those, yeah, are yeah. Your, those are your options, Les. The, uh, the Emmy Award the winning Marvelous Mrs. Maisel or the Tickling documentary. You know, I, I have my shows. Tickled. <laughs> There's apparently a sequel to this documentary, too. Tickled, too, this time it's There's original. like a short. There's another sequel. Oh, when, when you see this thing. Oh. Is, I'm telling you, I was I wanted to go to sleep, and this kept me up I, late. I will not. I watch. Was, I will not watch. I. It. It's. And it's gonna. It's gonna be. It, it's it's gonna be. So Kurt, it's gonna be yeah. like one of those nights then, because tonight I'm going to meet a friend at the Eagle, and then after I get home from the Eagle, I'm gonna watch the tickling video. She's tickled. Tickled. So it's gonna be one of those I'm tickled. So you know the the Eagle. For those of you who don't know, is a bar there, and they're all throughout the world. Actually, I don't and, think I don't you know, think they're associated with one one of the. There just seems to be an eagle in every city. Yeah, yeah, and there's an eagle literally in every major city. There's an eagle's nest in New well, Jersey, owned well, by well, uh, how do, how Ron Jorsky and the Eagles. Eagle is it, it's it's a gay bar. At least it is in our our city. Uh, Eagles Nest is not. Uh, with men, and it's a little bit raunchier crowd than you might see at the rest of the gay bars. It's not as mainstream. It's it sort of lives deliberately in darker, you know, like lighting that than you see a lot of the gay bars now. I'm assuming yeah. it's still the old school, like the doors in the back. It's not in the front. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it is in the back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So very, like, very old school, but, but sleazy-ish gay bar. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, I'm going to go meet a friend there for, for a drink. Hmm. Well, well, he's going to have a drink, I'm going to have a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, well... Yes. Be- be- you know, speaking of tickling... This person might get tickled. Do you have any artist formerly known as Black China News? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. Well, you may have thought that segue was forced, but this is exactly about Black China and tickling. No, it's not. Uh, this is from uh, Mata, matamanoir.com. We haven't done that before. All right. Well... Tokyo Tony had an emotional breakdown as she seemingly reconnected with her estranged daughter, Black China. Oh. Uh, they spelled Black China wrong. They spell it B-L-A-C-K. How dare what? they? What? <laughs> Are you sure this wasn't generated by AI? I don't know. It might as well have been. In a clip that a fan page posted on Instagram April 23rd, the 51-year-old was beside herself as she and China exchanged I love yous, sobbing profusely, Tony held up her phone and showed her followers an in-the-moment text exchange between her and someone named Reds. As she raised the device to the camera, the emotional matriarch impassionately said, that's my daughter texting me now. After China wrote, I love you, the former Finding Love ASAP star replied, I love you more. Then the former OnlyFans model affirmed the mother-daughter duo's bond with a series of subsequent texts. China penned, forever, I'm here for you. I know you are for me also. The devil will not win. In a separate part of the video, Tony let out a hearty and happy laugh when she picked up China's call. The latter said, hi, mama. I honestly hope they get a better relationship, FRFR, one fan wrote. Uh, This really warmed my heart. I'm so, so happy. Let the healing process begin, another commenter expressed. 
Meanwhile, other online users highlighted the intensity of Tony's emotional display. They claimed that the matriarch's tears showed her affection for China, despite the public cruelty she subjected her daughter to. She loved her daughter. She just expressed herself in the wrong manner to get her attention. But I'm happy for her, and I hope they mend whatever is broken. That's all she really wanted. Her daughter, nothing else. She was angry and hurt, not processing all those emotions in the right way. She just wants her baby back. I told you. This woman loves her child, period. She has her faults, but that's unconditional love for her child, period. Born Shalana Hunter. We haven't heard that before, oh. I don't think. The 51-year-old said she raised China as a spoiled child. I don't ever have to talk to her again because the disappointment and the disrespect of the lies, Tony said. Um, but now uh, things are going well. Uh, Tony's track record with the daughter is anything but clean from saying her child was a mistake and a statutory rape baby to accusing China of being in the Illuminati. Um, in March, Tony mocked the mother of... of she, she, she mocked the mother of two's ongoing healing journey, nay, says, says nay, and decision to remove her cosmetic fillers. Earlier this month, the matriarch called her daughter out of her name and slammed her with demeaning insults. Instead of uplifting China's recent decision to go by her birth name, Angela White, and embrace the Lord, Tony was online accusing her daughter of pulling a PR stunt. Uh, so that's what's going on. What's, a little bit all over the place here with this article. I, I miss at, at the beginning of it. How how was it this documented that that Tokyo Tony and Black China spoke again? Like who? There's an Instagram Instagram video. Oh, wait. There's an Instagram. Somebody Tokyo filmed China. an Instagram video of Tokyo Tony calling Black China. Uh, well, yes. It's there's a it's here actually. I think we could hear it. Uh, well, who's Tokyo whose Tony, account is it on? Tokyo's or, or Black China's? It's her. It's it's Miss Tokyo Tony. It's her Instagram. She posted it up. Miss Tokyo Tony. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if I could. Maybe we could hear what she has to say. Oh no. Can we hear? Here's her crying. Can you hear this? She's. <laughs> But who filmed her? Like, how did the who was like? Oh, I need she to turn filmed. on the camera while she answers this call. Maybe she's got. I don't know. I guess she's got people there filming her. Yeah, you know these people are always creating their own reality show. Apparently, so. Well, that's what it feels like to me. This doesn't feel like it's yeah. some like it was a genuine moment. It feels like something right. one or both of them generated, and they knew to get it on video. Because here we are talking about it. Right. Yeah. Right, we've, we've fallen into their trap. Well, you know, though, it, well, you know, show businesses. And at the end of the day, fa a family has been reunited. But have they? Look, this is like I hate reality this shows, is like, and this I is heard, a reality show. Now, I heard some, you know, I heard some pop culture person talking about Jennifer Aniston a couple years ago, and they said, "Look, Jennifer Aniston, she's not known for TV anymore. Friends is off. She does movies once in a while, but she's known for." It's just like her love life and, you know, she, what, whatever's going on in her life. And that's the thing. Black China, she, she bypassed any kind of TV or movie fame. She just went right to the living reality show. Well, this is, and this is actually another good segue. Well, no, it's a sad segue because hearing about Black China and Tokyo Tony reminded me of the fact that Jerry Springer died yesterday. I, I have no real reaction. Like, 
I I enjoyed that show for the fun trashiness that it was, but I genuinely believe there is no mega movement without that show. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. I, I think that was, uh, and it was it wasn't the sole contributor to just the sort of gross group of people we as a country have become. But I I feel like it's a huge contributor. Well, I mean, and I and I hear you on that, Jason, because you know. I mean, and I'm not from, I'm not from the States. And so well, that show did show me that people like that existed because I have only pretty much lived in New York and LA. And up until that, I've heard of people like that, but I was like, wow. Well, so that show was largely staged. Oh, no, I, I well, know yeah. some people who were on it yeah. who were actors. Oh, hmm. I never yeah. really watched it, but I remember it being, I, I remember, I, I was surprised it was on for as long as it was. Like I had no idea years, it was right? on. I had no idea. I remember being on in like the 90s, like the late 90s, early aughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember he had that video, the Too Hot for TV, that was like a big deal, whatever it was. It was like some VHS that he had out for a while. But yeah, I know, I know these four actors. And they went on as a group and they pretended to be like two couples and they, they pretended to be two straight couples mm-hmm. and like they were having this big fight and stuff. And it was, they were both, both guys were gay. <laughs> they just did it. They just but did, did the, it to get on TV. Did the show producers know that they were doing this? I don't think so. I think it was a, a bit oh, of both. Okay. I know that, like, I think earlier seasons, the early, early seasons, I think it was probably real guests, real topics. Yeah. And then as it got a little crazier and a little trashier, then people started just posing as things to just say that they were on the show. And then I think in the later seasons, they were just straight up casting people for whatever they wanted the narrative to be. Because this was around, I would say, 1997, 98, when they did that. Yeah. So that was early so, on, fairly early on. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I don't like to get too political. I don't know who listens to this, the show. I'm sure we're all over the, over the world. But would you say that like a Jerry Springer show paved the way for a show such as a particular uh, a particular host that recently uh, was outed, not outed, ousted. Tucker Carlson? Um, yeah, I wasn't that. No. If that particular person, no. I think, because Tucker was doing a more watered-down version of this back then. Like, t- Tucker's been that, that, that guy all along. I think a, a Tucker uses a a show like that to sort of illustrate divides between people and then we sort of buy into the divides and the divides get worse and slowly over time things get chipped away so 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 this is how the show this is how jerry springer came about um so i listened to this podcast uh by ricky lake raised by ricky and it like she gives recaps of her shows so and and I and this is her hypothesis and I actually believe it. So what happened is so like Oprah came out, right? And Oprah was like a big ratings person and there were all these other talk shows like Sally and Jerry Springer and Geraldo 
and Montel, and they all had these shows. But when Ricky Lake came out, all of a sudden, Ricky Lake appealed to a different audience, and the audience, let's say, was a lot more rowdy than the Oprah audience. So once the Ricky Lake came out and had almost as good ratings as Oprah did, a lot of the networks were like, oh, this is this is working. And all of the other talk show hosts like shifted and became rowdier. Well, I think that's probably part of it. Don't forget about Morton Downey Jr. either. Oh my God, I totally remember Morton so, Downey Jr. I, I mean, I think, uh, again, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think the Jerry Springer show exists without Morton Downey Jr. Because don't forget, like, Jerry Springer was, like, an actual politician and, like, kind of respected. He was the mayor of Cincinnati, I think, kind of well-liked. He was, he was a, a newscaster in Cincinnati. So, and then, like, and then he does this national show and I think it probably started out as more of a straight talk show, and yeah, then no, rea- and then realized like, oh, conflict is way more fun to program and watch, so we'll just play up that. And you know, it worked a little bit for Morton Downey Jr. We won't be quite as raucous as that. Morton Downey, would, I remember Morton Downey Jr. was smoked. He'd yeah, and like show. straight out brawls yeah, that, on his show before it, yeah, you know, before like it became year. more of a comical brawl on Jerry. It's it's wrestling. We're watching yeah. professional wrestling under the guise of a talk show. Well, you had the Geraldo incident too. Where and he like hit, the, got hit in the face with a chair. Yeah, and we hadn't seen that before. That was like a that was a big thing at the time. And then, and then I love some, and some and years love later, entire, it's happening every week. And I love the entire yeah. time Oprah's like, "Oh, how dare you!" Do you guys remember Richard? Bay. Yeah, was, of course. Yeah, people too. are talking. Yeah. Well, so so uh, Richard was a local uh, TV personality in the Philadelphia market, and then he like right. yeah, yeah. got a national show. And, and when I lived in New York, people are talking. We would get people are talking in New York as well. When I lived in New York, I think wasn't that kind of the replacement for Morton Downey Jr. Like when they finally canceled Morton, they're like, okay, we need to replace it, but. We, we can't be that crazy, but we still want to retain that audience. So they had like a little bit of the crazy in there. Right. Right. Uh, you know, I used to watch all those shows. You guys know me. (laughs) (laughs) Would you watch attitudes on lifetime? Of course. With Linda Dano. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shoulder pads. Yeah. And then, and then, and then she left and then Rolanda Watts and Dorothy Lucy took over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, did attitudes have, Nancy Glass. Yeah, yeah Nancy Glass and Linda Dano, and they, they spoofed him a few times on SNL with uh, Jan Hooks and Nora Dunn. Yeah, because I grew up, of course, I grew up in South Jersey outside of Philly, so I used to see Nancy Glass on Evening Magazine. Mm-hmm. Nancy Glass and Ray Murray yeah. used to host Evening Magazine. And then there was, of course, Mo- Maury Povich on A Current Affair. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's back in the day. It's like yeah. the 80s. Yeah. I remember. Oh, Crazy shows. Well, let's I mean, not talk about our something. culture, but it happened. Let, let's talk about things that's not so crazy. A pinch of Portugal <laughs> on the Hallmark Channel. Yeah. So, I was so, a little worried about this, and I was happily I surprised. I, I, I thought the setting sounded very, very by-the-numbers Hallmark, but this movie was not uh, nearly as by-the-numbers as I thought it would be. This was genuinely a good movie. Yeah, I agree. And very well done. Yeah. 
Yeah, they did a good job with um with the relationships in this movie. It had a little more meat to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. without being more heavy. relatable. Yeah, it was much more relatable. Yeah. Because it felt like real things were happening to these people. We weren't living in this Hallmark bubble where everyone's happy and everyone is nice 24-7 and gets along. Like, there was some actual possibility of a, a love triangle in this movie. Uh-huh. Like, we, like, I genuinely didn't know for sure what way it was going to go for a while. I actually yeah, wrote my notes. I, I wasn't sure. They didn't even really start ramping up romance with anyone in the movie until about 35 minutes in. So I was actually questioning whether there was going to be a central romance that ended this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah, halfway, th- halfway through this, I didn't know who she was going to be with, or maybe she'd be with neither. Yeah. But yeah. Say. Yeah. That, that was, and, and that's what I thought was cool about it, too, was the possibility of her not being with anybody. Like, it was there, but, like, mm-hmm. there was a possibility of her not picking either one. Yeah, and if this were Jerry Springer, the two guys would be throwing chairs at each other. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if it was a tickling video, I don't know what we'd have. Well, we'd have That's a lifetime. We'd have less than two Portuguese guys guy tickling would, each other. I think that Portuguese guy could, you know, if, if he wanted to earn a, earn a couple of extra thousand dollars, I think they'd, they'd have him. I, I might let him he might, be, he might be a little old, but I have a feeling they might let him in. Right. Oh, so sorry for that job. So, so we're in a kitchen, and it's but we we can already tell though it's like a gourmet kitchen, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of gourmet food, and then of course we see a female chef, and she's what very busy yes. because she's a Hallmark heroine. Submissive, but, but she's busy cooking. And so then we see, and at first we don't know it's for a TV show, but then we find out it's for a TV show. I'm glad that it was too, because I had written in my notes that if you've ever worked at a restaurant, no kitchen is ever this sparkling clean. Right. But there's a reason why that makes sense here. And and everything was still, like the food was very staged yeah. too. Yeah. And, and so... We find out that she's not the host of the show. She's based, she's the assistant. It's a cooking show, yeah. It's a cooking show. And the host like does his little tagline, whatever. And we find out that she's been his assistant for like two years. And then the show, like the show ends, she's standing around. And then her coworker Russ comes up and he's speaking Portuguese. And I put Russ is cute. Um, he looks like Thor. So, so then we find out that the show is heading for Portugal. Um, but the next day they're talking to the producer and the producer is like telling them, like giving them their schedule and plans. But then she drops in that, uh, what was his name? Dale, the chef. Uh, the Dean. chef is Dean. Dean. He looked kind of like a like a salt and pepper, but younger, maybe gay Ricky Gervais. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. Um, I also thought he looked a little like a blown up Bruce Campbell, a little bit. Okay. And he was, a, and, he, and I guess he was supposed to be kind of Gordon Ramsay ish. Oh. 
Um, the, so, like a bit of a like a behind the scenes, a bit combustible as a personality. Right. Exactly. Like on camera, great, but then behind the scenes, a diva. Yeah, he was a silver fox, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm writing that one um, in the notes. Thank you. Oh, so 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 okay. we find out. Yabba dabba do. That, so so we find out that everybody's heading to Portugal except for Dean because he's in his contract negotiations. But they're like, you know what? Just go. Everything's going to be fine. And I guess one of her. Oh, and the 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 assistant. Her name is Anna. So. Anna's one, one of Anna's jobs was to get a hold of a local farmer's market person mm-hmm. in Portugal. Yeah, her she was food prep on the show. Yeah. So, like, Dean's, like, the, the face of the show, but she's the one sort of making it look pretty, and so he can present it as the finished product. Right. So, she um, connects with um, the farmer's market guy, Named Lucas, who was very hot. So hot. Ugh. And cute. He was hot and cute. Because he yeah. had a great smile. Yeah. And so, so she talks to him on the phone, and they arrange, they arrange everything. And then she goes home, and then her mom comes to visit. And her mom... Her mom, um, well, no, her mom came to visit at the op- at the studio. Still. Yeah, she apparently comes to visit whenever Anne is about to travel somewhere for work. Yeah, so so the mom and the mom's like a very nice lady, and the mom actually wants her and Russ to get together. Mm-hmm. Um, and the awesome. mom like gives her the mom gives her like a little travel kit and peanut butter. And I was like, Oh, I like this mom. I liked her too. Nice. And I like that. Um, even though it probably should have been a sign of danger that this movie wasn't going to be uh, good, but it wasn't the, the fact that they uh, are talking about the dad who's not there, but, but uh, he's not deceased in this case. I know. I got a little worried for yeah. a minute. I they were really just, did. Like, Dad was just busy working, no. and that's why he wasn't, you know, seen in the movie. Because we know from past experience, no dead parent means dead movie. Yeah. Um, so, oh, so, so then they go to Lisbon. They go to Lisbon, which I've been to Lisbon before. We used to spend summers in Lisbon. Yeah. I and, love Lisbon. And they really did film the movie there, too. Portugal. Yeah. Well, now I want to go to... Portugal, but I'm curious: Are we only seeing like the most beautiful areas? No, Lisbon is beautiful. Everything is beautiful. Yeah, and and oh, beautiful and old, of course. But no, like and, like the seaside stuff. No, that was all legit. Yeah, and also it's a Hallmark movie. They're not gonna, they're not gonna set this movie like in the slums, and we're worried about well, that's you what know, I'm thinking people's economic yeah, status in a Hallmark now. movie. Like they're selling Portugal to me. I don't want to go there, and then that. You know. Well, that's where Madonna lives full time. Madonna lives in Portugal. Yeah, because it's she cheaper does. to live there. Mm-hmm. Because why? Yeah. It's cheaper to live I, there. Oh, it's cheaper. Madonna's burned through she's a lot cheap. of her money, so she it, she still likes to live. Oh, like yeah. she's still a massive superstar from the '80s. So she lives in yeah. Portugal, Portugal, because her money goes further. Yeah, or so I've heard. 
And oh, this tour, you know, she's going to hopefully make some money back on this tour. I didn't know she was hard up for money. Is this a, this is a thing? Yeah, I, I don't what? think she's like hard up for money. I just think that she That's knows funny. if she kept spending the way she was spending with the money not coming in at the levels that used to come in, that she needed to make some changes so that the money would stretch further. And, and all I know, I was going to say, all this time we heard of she was going to make a movie as a biopic. She's going to direct it. All these, these ladies were in the running. She, she picked Jennifer... Jennifer Garner? Is mm-hmm. that her name? Uh, no. Julia really? Garner. Jennifer Garner? Julia Garner. Like that Jennifer Garner. <laughs> Julia no, Garner, Jennifer who played Garner. Ruth on uh, Ozark. Who's Julia a good pick. Garner. Yeah. And then this movie's not happening now. Yeah. Because Madonna uh, instead is focusing on doing her tour, because that's going to make her more yeah. money right now. Right. Jennifer Garner as Madonna. Could you imagine? And Julia Garner actually kind of looks like her. Yeah, she that, does. That is yeah, it's a good I choice. I wanted to see that. Maybe at some you know. point, but I don't think that's happening for a few years if it does at all. And, and, you know, and let's face it, that's how, like, these artists rake in the buck, bucks is doing a tour. Mm-hmm. Especially Madonna. Yeah. Now, will she make it through the, the whole tour? I hope she does. What do you mean? Well, yeah, what do you mean? She... it's a long tour. Like, it's a long tour. And wasn't it the last one where she didn't make it like she didn't do all of her dates or something i don't think she cut off any of the dates but the last tour she uh it struggled to make they were struggling to sell tickets but she wasn't playing the hits and Uh or at least not in at the level she normally does and she she, i i've heard from several like friends that are huge fans of her that it was sort of the the thinking within the madonna fan community that she kind of phoned that last tour in and they Uh don't and they don't really Mm. think she's going to do that on this one well, I want to see Lucky Star, sell, uh, Holiday, Lucky, Lucky Star. So just songs from the first album. Material, I to that song. Girl. Okay. Oh, yeah. Rain. I love Rain. Rain. Yeah. Shooby Dooby Doo. Oh, Rain. <laughs> yeah, Rain is one of my favorite Madonna songs, actually. It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, that was from. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I saw you. And him walking in the rain. No, no that's Orin Juice not... Jones. <laughs> you were holding hands and I never be the same. Oh, there's a big yeah. monologue. He's got a big monologue of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sit down busted. there. He cold busted. That's right. I took back all your furs. Now you're still young. You're still young. Madonna's <laughs> anyway. big in the gay community, right? She's like an icon. Yeah. 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 She's a yes. gay icon. Yes. Yes, one of them. Anyway, so we're in Lisbon now. They go to this. Their home base is like this beautiful home, like beautiful. And then Russ is hungry, but he was talking about olives. Oh, on the flight they had chicken, but he says olives. The olives were touching his chicken, and so that made him not want to eat it. Which, which I thought we were going to go somewhere with this little tidbit, but we did not. It does seem like something that didn't need to a piece of information that didn't even need to be a throwaway line of dialogue, right? Unless, as we've discussed before, maybe in like the first version of the script, it was a thing, and they 
took yeah. it out. Yeah, it's possible. So, so, um, so then we see uh, the PA named Brooklyn, and Brooklyn was pretty stressed out. And then we have the producer. I didn't. I what was the producer's name? I didn't get it until the end of the movie. Um, I, where is it? Let me look at the end of my notes here. Yeah, I never got it. I just wrote director. Right. Hope. I believe her name is Hope. Oh, and they were all, you know, they're all working, kind of stressed out. Um, Then Anna goes to the farmer's market to meet Lucas. So she walks up and Lucas starts speaking to her in Portuguese. And I give her credit. Because the minute he looked at me and started speaking Portuguese, I would have been like in a trance because I would have been digmatized. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to speak or anything. I, I will say that I, I don't think the – the because uh, isn't her dad half Brazilian? Yeah, so she was around it. So I don't think that's necessarily an instant digmatizer for her or I guess – Right. Yeah. Oh, Unless no, no, she no, has what they call daddy issues. Perhaps. Then, yeah. But just, but just looking at him, I would have been like, you got to keep it together. You can't let people have that kind of control over you. Wait, how's that but go that's less? how beautiful this man was. How's that go less? <laughs> I wish your audience at home, or if you're driving in your car, I wish you could have seen that. So, so his name is, Patreon. so the beautiful man is named Lucas. <laughs> And Lucas was a little taken aback, like a little, because he's like, well, where are your cameras? And she's like, oh, no, I'm just here to pick up the food. We film on location. Like our Dean likes to film at a location. But we are going to use local. We make it a point, though, to use, like, local produce. So then Lucas is like, fine. And then we, then Lucas like it shows her around, and we have a food and farmers market montage. Um, and, and then we get back to the house, and we find out that Dean isn't coming because Dean is still in contract negotiations. Mm. So he's like the late Valerie Harper on right Valerie. Yeah. You know what happened to her? Yeah. She died. died. Well, she, well, she did die, but back not well, back then. Not because of that. Not because not, of that. No. Not because then. Then they were like, oh, yeah? Well, you know what? You're fired, and our big F you is we're going to keep the show going and keep everybody else and kill you off and replace you with Sandy Duncan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what else they did? They set the show a year later so that, so that the characters weren't mourning anymore. Right. That's smart. That's a smart writing choice, actually. That's what they did. I forgot that they they did that. They they had it in for her. They were like, we're not going to show anybody sad that you're gone. The dad from that show's on Days of Our Lives now. Oh. He plays Roman Brady on Days of Our Lives. Well, he was on a soap opera at that time. He was on Days of Our Lives, but as a different character. (laughs) And the... And the woman who played his girlfriend at the time that he was on the first time is now, and this time plays his sister. (laughs) Days is extra bonkers, isn't it? It's Days is so bonkers these days. Yeah, Bo just came back from the dead. 
Does, and Bo and it, Hope were back together. Was that in the episode Dick Van Dyke was on? Pardon? Was that the episode Dick Van Dyke was on? He's not on. He hasn't been on yet, but Dick Van Dyke is going to be yeah, on an episode. They, I know they filmed lives. it. I know they filmed it already. Really? Yeah. But Days of Our Lives films like six months in advance. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke is on Days of Our Lives. He's so like friend. Day. He's friends with the guy that I think plays Bo. He's friends with somebody that's been on the show forever. What? They go to the same Probably. gym or something, and uh, like. <laughs> He just like I guess asked Dick if he wanted to do it, and Dick's like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. Now, what could they potentially say to Dick? Isn't there a, a soundbite? Uh, oh, isn't there a soundbite? Yeah. Well, I think uh, if they weren't happy with his performance, uh, you know, if 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 they're like walking the streets of Salem, and let's say he f- pretends to fall over an ottoman as if it's the opening credits of the Dick Van Dyke show, but instead he ends up tripping Deidre Hall. I think Deidre would turn to him and say, You dick! <laughs> Gosh, what a build-up, man. <laughs> well, I was like, I, I have to justify why I'm going to press it, so I wanted it to make sense in a sentence. I wonder if he's going to have scenes with Jack Hay, because you know Jack Hay is like a, mm-hmm. big, a big star on Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Wow. Jack Hay, oh, Marley Gibbs. You you, you get you, you get Sammy. Sammy could Sammy. shoot him in the face. Sammy would hit you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and she, and she would look at you and say, "You dick." Yeah. <laughs> the more the better. Speaking of Dick Van Dyke, I did watch the Cower Burnett ninetieth uh, birthday celebration. I need to, How was that? I need to watch that. Carol made it through. Um, it good for 90. She's doing well. She's doing well. Uh, yeah, and Dick Van Dyke was a cast member in the Cow Burnett show very, very briefly. Really? He was he on was. a. Oh, gosh. Was it this? It, He's in that classic sketch they always would show at the bloopers, blooper shows. I think. The, I don't think he was on, on, the, on. The, the original Carol Burnett show. I think after the original one ended, they tried reviving it like a year or something later. And they and they were in ah. it together, or maybe he guessed it on it or something. Was, was, was Lyle the Wagner there? No, Lyle Wagner is dead. Oh, okay. Um, Tim Conway, Harvey Carman. It was kind of a lot of it was. I love Carol Burnett, so yeah. no disrespect to Carol. I know I just said she made it through, um, but <laughs> but no, it was it was great. It was it was very good. It was it was um, a lot of it was a tribute to the old Carol Burnett show. That, that show still holds up. Why the show wasn't on CBS? It was on NBC. Yeah, that you know, that actually just pro- programming wise, it, like if you're buying programming for your network, that seems like a no brainer for CBS. So the producers must have wanted a lot of money because I bet CBS doesn't fully own the the rights to that show, or maybe they didn't think that a special honoring a 90 year old would get enough ratings to make any ad money. But that just seems but like a misstep. Her- her reunion shows, or the, the Calvin at reunion shows over the years, were very highly rated. Yeah. Was Vicky Lawrence there? She was. Yeah. And you know who else was there? They also did a little tribute to Annie. And so they had the original uh, Eileen woman who Quinn. played Annie. Eileen yeah, Quinn. Yeah, and she was there. She sang. And Bernadette Peters. Uh, I and need Christina, to watch this. Christina Chenoweth was also there. Kristen I love Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, come on. That's, that's such a faux pas. Kristen. Yes, it is a faux pas. Kristen Chenoweth? Yeah. How dare you call her Christina Chenoweth? Like Kristen Chenoweth is a saint. 
<laughs> Kristen Chenoweth is a saint. She's a living saint. Her and Dolly Parton. Anyway, this Carol Burnett is still making it. Is is she's she's I love I love Carol Burnett. She's still working, still doing her thing. Yeah. She sat there. Watch she, it. She's had some work done, so she looked surprised to the entire special. But maybe she was. Kurt, I love the fact that you literally are basically programming <laughs> my weekend TV watching right now. <laughs> I watch all this stuff. I do other things. This other well, sometimes I have focused. That one I think I focused on. I'm going to watch the Tickle video. Oh, yeah. There's then I'm going to watch the Carol Burnett special. And, and, and then I got to finish watching Indian Matchmaker. Okay. Oh, Dick Van Dyke was on. He was uh, he was in ten episodes of the eleventh season. So it was late in the show's run. He must he must have replaced like Tim Conway or Harvey Corman when one of them left. He it was Harvey Corman. Okay, I think it was Harvey Corman that he did. Yeah, Harvey Corman was on the last season. Because when you think about it, at that point, that show was so well established that if you were going to replace someone, it would have to be like a good get. Like you couldn't just randomly replace him. It had to be like a name. Right. Isn't Dick? He's like ninety six or ninety seven. I believe right? he's ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wasn't on the show. Dick uh, Van Dyke. He wasn't on the 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 ninetieth birthday special. Unless I walked out of the room. And no, I thought he was, he was there. I, I didn't. I I haven't seen it, but I thought I saw something about him being there. He, he may have been. I, I may have like walked out of the room for like a few minutes, and he hopped on. He has a full head of hair. He looks good for a man in his nineties. Yeah. His hair looks healthy. Good for him. He yeah, was still yeah. driving up until a week ago well, or a couple weeks ago. Well, crashed the car. But, hey, but but it being in your mid-90s, that's pretty good. Anyway. Dick. We are off the rails yeah, today. Yeah, we're oh. really... Oh, so, so, so... It's going to be a long one. So, they... So, Dean's not coming... But they're like, he's still in contract negotiations, but we want to stay on schedule. So what we're going to do is we're going to film scenes and we're going to get you, Anna, to film the scenes. And then what we're going to do is just when he does show up, we're then just going to splice what you film into his stuff. And so Anna is like kind of nervous about it because that was... You know, that was not her plan. Um, And she's really nervous. But Russ is like, you know, you can do this. Uh, You you, you know, you can do this. I have faith in you. And then we find out that she, in the past, made a move on Russ at their rap party and tried to kiss him. But he turned her down because he said that it would ruin their friendship. That's humiliating, too, when that happens. Right. And then I have to keep working with the person. And this woman. I was... did that. Oh. I went to kiss. I went to. I, I, I thought this, this, this girl was into me. I went to. We're like hanging out. I went to. I went to kiss her and she actually put her hand up and blocked my. Face. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. That's probably the experience this, she had as well. So she like mushed you. Wow. Yeah, your, and I think, face. and I think it was, it was, I was basically uh, building up to it. I said, you know, are you thinking like what I'm thinking? She's like, yeah, I think so. And then I went, and she's like, oh no, no, we're not thinking the same thing. So what was she thinking? 
she was thinking that she she didn't want to she wanted to go out with me. I guess <laughs> didn't work out. And the thing is, though, this woman was no slouch. Anna was no slouch. No, not at all. No, no, no. What I, one thing I really did like about this movie, and I I think it's part of the the direction of the new Hallmark is they're making an effort to show the characters supporting each other like that you know first of all they're showing a lot of like women building up women within yeah. their movies more like you that's really evident that that's a a backbone of a lot of the movies now and this one was the guy and you don't even know if he's the romantic interest or what's going to happen he's right a couple times in the movie has some really nice heartfelt speeches about like, Hey, you're a boss. You've got this, like, you know, you look at all these amazing things you've done in the past kind of thing. And I thought that was a really nice but, message. And I love the fact, cause a lot of times in these movies, the guy is supportive, but he has like an ulterior motive. He had like no ulterior motive. He literally was just being a friend. Yeah. So yeah, I did think that was cool. Yeah. And I loved oh. how her, body language kind of kind of changed around him too she was just she got like more more relaxed around him yeah uh-huh. which, which is nice good acting yeah oh and it was here that we found out that the reason that she got that job was because she was working at like a diner and they were doing a show and his former assistant he fired his former assistant on the spot because she like altered his breast. Like she added salt or something stupid. Yeah. It was literally, she added salt and it was her family diner. They were filming there. And because she, you know, sort of had the run of the kitchen there, uh, she filled in as the prep cook and then has been working for him ever since. Right. He just hired her on. Um, and, and so, Oh, Oh. And then she was at this point, she's like, okay, so, if he fired her for that, what is he going to do for me since I'm filming all this stuff? And they were all like, oh, don't worry about it. He'll be fine. And since since it's not going to be, you know, you're not taking over, we're just going to splice your stuff in. So you're good. And so, so the next morning, she's like really stressed out. And I loved the woman who played the production assistant, Brooklyn. Yeah, I liked her too. She's very surly. <laughs> oh, I, I work dour. <laughs> because, you know, Anna was nervous, and so for good reason. So she was, like, rehearsing what she was going to say, but she was, like, tapping her coffee, her coffee cup because she'd had too much coffee, and she's like, listen, you need to cut that shit out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's making her anxious. So, so then... So they start filming, Anna's nervous, but for good reason, because she'd never, you know, she'd never filmed before, and this was not her goal, so of course she's very green. Um, yeah, because they have her, like, it wasn't just like they were filming the 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 B-roll of, like, the cutting up and the prep of the food. They had her saying all the stuff that Dean would say and, like, interview the guest as if she's Dean as if the Dean is going to come out in and speak word for word what she said. Right. So, so then she's upset. So she calls her mom and her mom's like giving her a pep talk and her mom's like, you know, just you don't put so much pressure on yourself. 
calm down. And then her mother did what my mother used to do to me all the time, which is, you know, they are hiring at the county back here. <laughs> you, come, you come back and get a, a job. And my mom it's was like, always like that. When are you going to get a real job? I, yes. I I don't know what the dynamic was with your mom. I kind of get the feeling in this movie that was mom's way of saying like, hey, you, you like what you're doing a lot more than what the alternative is. And let me present you with that alternative so you realize that that's not what you want to do. And I and I and I, I agree with you on that, too. The mom because the mom is very like supportive yeah super supportive and super into like oh you know i want you to be happy you seem to really love this and you're good at it and i and i like their relationship Mm -hmm. Uh, okay so you reminded me of hollywood shuffle where they say there's always work at the post office and helen what's her name helen from 227 she was saying there's work at the post office (laughs) helen thomas oh okay so they've been trying to call Dean this entire time, and they kept on saying that his mailbox is full. So even Anna tried to call Dean as well, I guess, to give him the heads up or whatever, and his mailbox was still full. So she tried. Um, so then a lot of the guests start dropping out because they're like, well, unless Dean's here, we're not going to come and film. Yeah. And so... Everybody else goes out for a drink. Anna stays in. She starts watching old episodes of the show. And then she looks at a picture that she took of herself when she was in the farmer's market. And she looked really happy. And she had an idea. And and so uh, the next day, she talks to the producer. The producer's like, the network is a little nervous. And Anna's like, listen, you know what? I, being in a kitchen, that's just not me. But let's go out and about, and that's just more of my thing. And, I, and I'll, I'll be more, you know, I'll be myself that way. Yeah, in other words, like, like if you film me in sort of a confined kitchen area where I've, I've got to be looking straight in the camera the whole time, I'm going to feel wooden versus, like, if I'm out, like, walking around talking to people about food and just, like, why they like it so much, that's going to be more enjoyable for me. Right. So they go to the farmer's market, and they, she goes and sees Hot Lucas. And this is the and, point in the movie where I was like, wait, they, it felt like they were setting up a romance between her, her and Russ, but now she's going out of her way back to this farmer's market from earlier in the movie to see Lucas again. Right. So what way is – so is she going to be getting together with one or both or neither of these guys? What's going on? Right. Both. This is the new Hallmark. So maybe both. Both. That'd be a revelation. It was revolution. a legit possibility in this movie, I feel like. Yeah. Well, Russ is kind of threatened by Lucas at this point. He's kind of giving looks over. They both uh-huh. they, they were kind of both doing that to each other. Right. Like Right. Yeah. So, alpha mailing each other. Okay. Uh-huh. So so then they st- so then there's like a filming montage and they film the farmers market. And Lucas is, like, being a tour guide for them as they film. And it's going well. And and um, and they go to the – oh, so then they go to the ocean because they're going to film at the ocean. 
and then they're all drinking out of they're all drinking out of pineapples, which looked good. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, Kurt, yeah, Russ is jealous at this point. And so then uh, uh, Anna has an idea, and she asks Lucas if he knows someone who has a boat that has a kitchen in it. And Lucas is like, well, you know what? I don't, but for you, I will find one. And, and then um, Anna asks Russ, how did I do? And Russ, of course, is like, you were captivating. Yes. <clears throat> and then we have the, yeah. we, we have, I guess it's a, it's, a, it's a trope that they're using now, the dancing people. Yeah, mm-hmm. but did you see they were eating those big, narrow ice cream cones? And then she sees the people Dancing is like, let's dance. So she throws out the ice cream. Oh, Kurt, we were called. Kurt. Yes. It was like that scene in Black Swan where they almost, uh, Barbara Hershey almost throws out a cake. This time Uh-oh. she actually did it. If I was with that woman, I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'd fish them out. Of, well, yeah, that, 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 that's why things work out so well. I'd fish it out of the trash and eat it. But, like <laughs> as, as much as you love ice cream, there, there was nonstop food in this movie, though, for you. Yeah. So I, I'm sure you would have been okay if you were over there, Kurt. There weren't a lot of desserts in this movie. They had, um, when they went to, to this little stand um, and they got like a port or something in a little like chocolate cup. So you drink Ginger. it. Ginger. Ginger. What's it called? Ge- it's called ginger. Ginger, yeah. I've had ginger. So it's like, it's like know, alcohol in a chocolate cup. So they drank it and then they eat. They take a bite. That looks good. Like, it's Look. like it's like a it's like it's like it's like a, a liqueur. Yeah, I might like it. It's just that I this woman's this woman it's is really sweet. hot. So I'd, I'd have to suck it up and just you would, deal with the fact that ice cream got thrown out. Kurt, you would like ginger because ginger is sweet. Yeah, it sounds good. It's like cherry brandy. So I go to Portugal. I'm going to find that trash can and see if it's still in there. Dig <laughs> 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 through the car. What are you doing? I, there's dessert in that garbage. <laughs> I saw it go in. <laughs> and I'm not going to waste it. By the way, uh, kids listening at home, if you're you're in a band and you're looking for a band name, may I present to you the phrase "trash can ice cream"? There's your band name. There you go. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is a good name. Come on, why give it away? We could start a band. Who's gonna play what? Well, does anybody here play any instruments? I play the skin flute. Wait, wait, what? So you play the tambourine. What do you, what do you play? <laughs> the skin flute. The skin flute. Um, Kurt, I, it, that's I could definitely sing chorus. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help us musically. No, it, 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 it opens up my vocal cords. <laughs> tambourine, skin flute, and I, and I can sing chorus, but I think you need other people. <laughs> Anyway, I, I don't know about the future of this band. Well, that's why I was giving the name away to somebody else. We right, weren't, yes, we weren't going to be using it in the near future. Let's be generous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh, so, so they do find a boat with a kitchen, and she's cooking on the boat, and she starts getting seasick. But then she drinks some ginger ale, and she's, she's floating fine. around in a boat. 
You're floating around a boat. Do you want to cook? No. No. <laughs> Is there any other work I could do while I'm out relaxing on the boat? How about a wood shop? Russ, all right. Russ said she did all right. I mean, there, I, I would have, I would argue that cooking on a boat happens far more often than wood shop does, though. <laughs> I'm just, hey, I, give me work to do when I'm on the boat. I can, I can cook. I can build some, <laughs> build some birdhouses. You know, don't don't let me relax on this boat. I I would go on and I I would start doing people's <laughs> taxes for them. Yeah, you could do that too. You could have a little office on the boat. Yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> Kirk Fitzpatrick's tax service. Tax yeah. and fish. Fish and taxes. Oh, okay. So so at this point, Russ is like, we could now it's obvious that Russ is into her. But then Lucas shows up and asks her out for dinner. And he takes her to this restaurant. Asked her out right in front of in front of Russ. By the way, he keeps right. doing that. Yeah, that's yeah, a move. Yeah. That, that's a d bag move. Truly. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't care. He's like, it's like this. At this point, it's the battle of the alpha male. So mm -hmm. he's like peeing. He's peeing on his fire hydrant. Yeah. yeah. Guys get like that. So. So so then you know they 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 take like another little tour and once again like the Maldives movie and you said this about the Maldives movie that this was basically like a tourism board mm -hmm. ad for <laughs> for Lisbon. Now at this point I thought oh, okay they're going to put Anna with Bruno because they're both learning about each other's backgrounds they're doing that Hallmark conversation where we learn a little right. bit about like their upbringing and you know what you know, what sort of makes them passionate about the, the thing their character is passionate about. Bruno. Right. Who's I, Bruno? I, not Bruno, uh, Lucas. Well. We don't talk about Bruno. So then, you know, they're, so they're, Return so then, yes, yeah, so they're, we don't talk about Bruno. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, so they're having their dinner, because, like, they, then there's, like, a, a Portugal montage before dinner, and then they're having their dinner, and they're having a truffle tasting, which sounds delicious. And then we find out that she hadn't traveled much, and the only reason why she traveled was for the show. And, you know, her dad was Brazilian, and he starts asking her, you know, where did you study? Did you go, where'd you go to culinary school? And she then tells us about, you know, how she got this job. Uh, which is yes, yeah, she was she was working at a diner because her mom got ill, and so they couldn't afford school, and so she couldn't, so she got this job at a greasy spoon, and then Lucas told her that he was considering opening up his own restaurant, and Anna is at this point she's like you know I'm not sure where I fit in. And Lucas gives her encouraging words, too. Like, well, maybe you're on the verge of something. You know, maybe something great's going to happen. Don't, don't quit. And this so was then, a nice, like, as an audience member, that was a smart MacGuffin to plant this seed of, oh, maybe Anna is going to end up, like, moving to Portugal and working for this guy or, or something. 
It, right. may, may, yeah, it, def, it definitely was a move to let the audience think that these two were getting together. Right. Or they'd get married and run the restaurant together. Yeah. So then we find out that Dean has walked away from negotiations. He's quit. So they're looking for a new host. And when Anna comes home, Russ is waiting for her with, with a bottle of wine. And he tells her about Dean. And then he's like, you know, I think you should go for it. And Anna is like, they would never go for that. And Russ is like, well, you're doing a good job. And they're not going to approach you. So you've got to show them that you could do it. And you're doing a great job. So it's not going to be a problem for you. Yeah, he basically said something like, uh, you know, they're they're not going to ask you to host. And he didn't mean that in a mean way. He said, they're not going to ask you. You've got to show them that you can make it great. Right. So then we see uh, Anna, and she's finding recipes and going through recipes. And then Lucas takes her to a tasting, and then they have, like, a tasting montage. And then Anna and Anna's filming it. And then the producer liked it. And, um, oh, then Lucas hits on her, yeah. and Russ, like, does a spit take almost. Yeah, it, like he, uh, they said, oh, yeah, they, everything looked beautiful. And then uh, Lucas is like, I mean, um, yeah, Lucas is, like, almost as beautiful as you. And he's again, did it right in front of Russ. Well, and then the producer Russ notices. Being, uh, yeah, the producer notices, he's being... Yeah. Cacolded? What's that word? Cacolded? Yeah. 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 He's been cacolded. He's the kind of guy who's like, will sit in the, the closet, like, slip, look look through the slit in the, through the closet as his wife is getting along with another man. <laughs> being cacolded. Um, oh, so Lucas is like, um, well, let's go out. He's like, I got a quick, I've got a quick meeting first and then I'll mm -hmm. show you around some more and, and let's do it tomorrow. And she's like, yeah, sure. And Russ is jealous at this point. And then the Brooklyn, the PA like sees all this going on and she's just like by eating a breadstick and like looking at him and rolling her eyes. Um, so then Anna and Russ are talking, and then we find out that Russ wanted to make documentaries, but he was waiting for the right one, and so he turned down a bunch, and then people stopped asking him. Yeah, I feel like that kind of hinted that maybe Russ stuck around on this show a little bit longer than he should have because of Anna. Yeah. I think that was implied. So, oh, and so, but then he says, well, his friend's back home. Ask him, why does he even need to do anything else? He's made it. And she's like, well, don't listen to your friends because you can actually do more than you're doing now. And so then they have the Jinja. They like, they go to like a Jinja stand and have the Jinja. Like they do shots. How's that spelled? Jinja. J-I-N-J-A. I, -N -J -A. I want to try that sometime. That looks really good. Ginger. I wonder if they have it, like, here. There's got to be some place where you can get that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe at even Bevmo or something. What is it? Ginger. It's like a liqueur. Oh. Liqueur. Oh, you're, yeah. You mentioned that before, though. Yeah. 
that I would like it. Yeah, because it's made out of cherries. I don't like cherries. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> oh, well. So, um, sorry for the weird angle on me, by the way, guys. Like, by I have a like a, a good webcam, and then I have the one that's in my laptop, and the good one just died. Although the light in it is still working. Yeah, you totally switched spots. Yeah. But I'm here. Um. Oh, okay. So, so then Lucas comes and, and picks up Anna. And he takes her to this place. And he has like a dinner set up. And it looks like a very nice little dinner set up. And, and she tells Lucas, well, this is great. And this is my first day off in Portugal. This is my first day off. So I want to like have a good time. So, um, so they're getting ready for dinner, and then a buddy of his shows up, Hugo. Well, do, I, I, you may have said this. I, I might have zoned out there for a second. It's it. He takes her to this giant space where he wants to open his restaurant. So it's just like a table that he's set up ready for dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't say that. So yeah, okay. you're right. So then, so then this guy shows up. Out of no, just out of the blue, and he's like, "Oh, this is my friend Hugo." Tim Burton. But then, oh, does he look like Tim Burton? Yeah, kind of. Like well, a rounder Tim, Tim Burton. Well, the broke down Tim Burton. They <laughs> broke down. I just said rounder. Yeah, broke down Tim Burton. You weren't dickmatized by this guy. No, I was not. He was a boner killer. That guy. <laughs> Damn. So so. We're getting a so lot then, of sound bites in this episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then we find out that this guy, um, oh, th- so this this guy shows up, and so Lucas had it set up to th- had this guy set up to think that. Uh, what's her? Uh, Anna. Anna was going to come, and the show was going to film the restaurant, and then well, yeah, they was going to. They were basically. This is the business partner that showed up, and yeah. Lucas and this guy were basically playing Anna and basically using her as a way to get Bruno to feature them on his show. Yeah, and she figures it out as as soon as this guy walks in. Yeah. And so, and it broke, it broke the spell because she was no longer digmatized. Yeah. This was super rare for a Hallmark movie. You never see the quote unquote bad guy of a Hallmark movie actually being bad. This was a shitty thing to do to her. Yeah. It really was actual tension in a Hallmark movie. And she did not hang around. She did not. She literally was like, well, F you and got up and left. Yeah, she she very respectfully told them off and put them in their place and got out of there. Right. We never saw him again. So, so, so then she went back to the place and she was angry. She's anger chopping. And then um, Brooklyn, the PA, comes in and she's like, I, you know, I'm an empath, so I know this is about Lucas. And, and then... Anna's telling Brooklyn how Russ rejected her at the party. And Anna says she actually feels something for him, but he's rejected her before. Mm-hmm. So 
And Brooklyn's actually again. being nice. Yeah. And I like the fact that she's like, Lucas wanted a transactional relationship, and I did not want that. Hmm. And then Brooklyn is like, well, you know, you should trust your gut with that. Thing. Yeah. She actually came, that was, this is another scene where she was kind of building her up. She didn't say you should trust your gut. She's like, you trusted your gut. You got to, like, you shouldn't feel bad about this. You figure it out right away. It wasn't a good situation, and you got out of there right away. Yeah. So, so then Russ shows up, and, and then... Um, and Brooklyn cock enables. Yes. Like, like Russ I, shows I, I up will... and asks them both to go sightseeing, and Brooklyn's like, nope, gotta go. And immediately got out of there so the two of them could get together. See, Brooklyn's nice. a good friend. Yeah. I like Brooklyn. You too. Oh, that's right. She's a cock enabler. Yeah. Yes. And then we find out that she's actually, uh, like a good little filmmaker herself that she made a film and edited it on her phone. And it was actually a good Russ is like, it was a good film. Mm -hmm. So then, and Russ is telling Anna, you know, you deserve better than that Dick Lucas anyway. And so the next day, Anna wakes up, she's going to film some more, uh, Brooklyn is helping out, and Brooklyn said that she went and picked out some good stuff. And we find out that Lucas isn't taking Anna's calls anymore. But Anna was like, whatever. Like, she wasn't, she wasn't pissed about it or phased about it. So I'm wondering if she was calling to cuss him out even more. Yeah, maybe. And um, it, again, in this scene, like, Anna makes a point of telling Hope how good Brooklyn is and how helpful she has been with this shoot. Right. So it's women supporting women. Yep. Um, so then Russ shows up and he, and Russ means business. How do we know that Russ means business? His man bun is gone and his hair is down. Mm. He lets his hair down. He likes He's to like, party I'm, down. I'm not messing around. I'm going for this. And then... A car drives up, a fabulous car drives up, and who is it? It's Russ. I mean, Dean. Dean. It's Dean. Yep. Dean. And Dean is Dean. like, I'm back. I have decided that I'm going to take, you know, my negotiations have worked out. And then we find out that he's been in Portugal the entire time. He was just at the Algarve. Mm -hmm. and, and it's funny because... Dean is British, and the Algarve is, like, where a lot of British hang out in Portugal. So that's funny that he's at the Algarve. Okay. What is that? that it's another hotel? city. Oh. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like, so here in L.A., a lot of British people live in Santa Monica. As a matter of fact, for the coronation next week, we're going to a high tea at a pub in Santa Monica. And so the Algarve is kind of like that's the Santa week. So it's kind of like a place where, like, British people live and hang out. Okay. I didn't realize it was coming up that soon. I thought it was, like, another month away. It's next week. Wow. You're, you mean this is where Prince Charles becomes a king? Yeah. I mean, I'm it's not going to watch that. I'm just going to go for the for the food. And, I, and, I, and that's, like, the next day after it happened anyway, the high tea. It's the next day after it happened. Got it. Okay. Oh, okay. So then we find out that part of Dean's deal is Dean now has more creative control of the show. 
And I this is the part that made Brooklyn one of my favorite characters. Because Brooklyn, since she was the PA, she walked in and she was carrying his bags. And he was being a dick and said, Brooklyn, put my bags in my room. And Brooklyn just dropped his bag yeah. on the floor. And then, so then he finds out that Anna had been, you know, shooting all the stuff. But remember, this was not Anna's choice. This was not Anna's idea. And when you think about it, she she's the employee, so she basically was following orders. Like, yeah. she orders actually, of the network. Yeah, of, so like she, of Dean's boss. Right. So she was just doing her job as she was told. She's doing what she was told to do. Yeah. And so Dean accuses Anna of trying to steal his job and fires her on the spot. What a dick. I know. You dick! And, and so then right. Russ... It brings and I do Kurt like so much too. joy. It does. What? I'm smiling from it ear to ear. It brings Kurt so much joy whenever I play that. Like, he, that just a huge smile washes across his face every time I play that soundbite. <laughs> You know, also I want to introduce, if we want to do it, oh, this, they used to play this one on Howard Stern. It was uh, John Wayne saying, it's it's getting to be re-goddamn ridiculous. It's getting to be re-goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> so I'd like to get that. I am not you, working you, that one in. No. You want to do that one? Right. No, no. Not a fan of John Wayne. What's wrong with that one? Like, I have my limits. Yeah. What's wrong with that one? I'm not a fan of John Wayne, and I'm running out of room on the board anyway. Okay. Oh, yeah, we don't like John Wayne. Oh, we don't. Oh, okay. Racist, homophobe. No, no, that, we won't do it though. No, we don't like John Wayne. Oh, anyway, so so then, oh, th- I like this part too because because like Anna, like she's fired. Russ is consoling her, and then Anna's like, "Well, I don't know why you guys are shocked that he fired me because he fired Millie mm-hmm. just because she." switch the salt but then we find out from russ that russ is like well millie got fired and she's actually leading a happy life and she got fired and that was the best thing that could have ever happened to her because she went home and opened her own restaurant so she's good and so and then they're kind of cock blocked by a, a gay assistant that or i assume gay that that was with, oh he was with, gay yeah I mean, they they didn't out, outwardly say it. I don't I don't want to out the character, but well, <laughs> but uh, that worked for Dean, and he's got like Anna's travel arrangements back home. Like they just fired her that day. They're like, okay, get on a plane. I know. Like they were not. Had, they're like, get on the plane now. He had so little to do in this movie, and yet, yeah, you figured him out. Um, so, I think so, I put that to uh, the gay. Gentleman interrupts them. <laughs> oh, maybe. So, so, so then, so Russ is like gassing her up at this point, and he's like, you know, because she's like, I love cooking food because I love sharing food, and Russ is like, you should be the one hosting. He's like, and he called her a ripper, which means you're great. Because they're a bloody ripper. And and, and, and so then Russ then admits I messed up. And you know what that means. He messed up by refusing her kiss. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so then meanwhile, the producer is yelling at 
Dean and saying, you know, you didn't have to humiliate her like that. You didn't have to fire her in front of everyone. And she actually, like, stuck up for her and told Dean yeah. off. She gave him a nice dressing down. Which I think that's cool because Dean probably could have fired her too. Yeah. And and so then um, uh, Anna calls her mom. Um, so, so then the next day at breakfast, Dean is there. Anna is packing to leave. And Russ is like, so listen, everybody likes you here. Everybody wants to work with you and help you out. So what we're going to do is we're going to make a pilot for your show. And I think that you could take this pilot and do something with it. Mm -hmm. And so then while Dean is away looking at locations, they literally create a set and shoot. And even the producer's kind of in on it. And she's like stalling Dean. Um, oh, oh, the, oh I didn't, I didn't think she was stalling Dean. I thought the producer, like, I thought Dean was filming elsewhere. Like, it, it, it felt like the crew wasn't going with Dean uh, oh, to okay. film. Because I, but oh, when she was yelling, when the producer was yelling at Dean, she's like, you know what? You, Anna is actually really good, and you need to take this footage and look at it and look at how good mm -hmm. she is and look at what you're doing. Yeah. And so, so the Dean goes to the producer and tells the producer, you know what? I actually did look at the footage and she is actually very good. And so they go back to the set and the set's all set up, the set that they made quickly while Dean was gone. And um, Brooklyn was like, well, this set looks like a Jane Austen novel. And then... Um, Anna quoted Jane Austen, and what she said, the best table is a crowded table. And they were like, that's your tagline right there. Yep. So, so then we find out that Dean actually vouched for Anna, and because he vouched for Anna and her new pilot. Yeah. Um, so, so then they all sit down to have a meal and eat the food that she prepared. And then Dean shows up at the meal and Dean's like, you know what, where do I sit? And since Dean actually did her solid, Dean was invited too. Well, and I also think it was, she probably would have let him sit there anyway because she, you know, the whole point was a, a what was it? The crowded table is a happy one. Was Happy table. Happy table. Yeah. Mm. She's, like, of course, that's yeah, a nice way to bring it vengeance. home. And I was thinking there would be some vengeance from the, the previous experience. She I, well, might stab him with a fork. When, well, when Dean showed up for a second, I was like, oh, no. They better not fucking let Lucas sit down now, too. <laughs> like, if Lucas right. showed up, too, and they have, like, a super happy Hallmark ending, that would have made me so right. mad. I'm glad they didn't do that. She's like, she's like, uh, let's not get crazy. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then Dean, which I guess that's a, good, a chef thing to do, Dean like complimented her foot yeah. and complimented her lamb, which, and so, and so since he's someone who she respected, that meant a lot to her. And, and so then uh, Russ asks Anna to step away from the table because he wanted to talk to her. And as they walk away, Brooklyn is like, well, finally, mm -hmm. 
And so they sit down and they talk and they admit that they love each other and they kiss. And that was the end. Yeah. Kind of like a real kiss too. It was like a little sloppy. There was almost yeah. a little tongue. I feel like yeah. there's tongue. Yeah. What's the new hallmark? Nice. What's next? Groping. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the next logical step. Right. Tickling. Tickling, yeah, you, tickling. Right. <laughs> well. Man, things are getting down and dirty. So, yeah, this I really enjoyed this movie. I did, very too. Good. And it was it was a surprising palate cleanser from last week's lifetime train wreck. But and I but I was and I was telling you I forget what paper I read it in, but I read something about this movie and the whatever publication like reviewed this movie and gave it a very good review. Yeah, huh. like like a very good review. No, like, we don't need to I rely on them. We rely on us. We're, listen to us for the review. That's the right. point. But I want to I want to say like it was Variety or something like that. Okay. That really liked it. Oh wow! So yeah. Variety's reviewing these Hallmark movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they probably well, have a TV section that writes it because okay. Variety's a little. It's still a trade publication, but it's a little more like general entertainment magazine now too. Yeah. And it's all online. Oh okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and, and that was because I was online and saw like a review thing. And that's why I clicked on it in the first place. Because they was like, review, pin to Portugal. So that's why I read it. Um, yeah, so though this was this was good. Yes, I think so. It certainly yeah. held, it held my interest. Yeah. Like I said, halfway through, I didn't know what was going to happen next. Everybody was good in it. Um, good chemistry, you know. Across the board. Yeah, great yep. great chemistry. I thought the, the writing was really good. I thought the direction was really good. There were some really nice moments and beats and scenes that I we don't always see that much nuance in a Hallmark movie, and there was. And I don't think we've ever seen this actress before, but I hope we see more of her. Yeah, she was, I looked yeah. her up. She, uh, I guess her most notable recent credit is she was on that Roswell reboot on the CW. Well, maybe she'll become a, a, a Hallmark lady now. Maybe. Because she was good. And so, because I do think that Hallmark is kind of re, you know, replenishing their ladies. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You gotta always be scouting for new talent. Because I think, I think Lacey's the queen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Sammy is like, and the, like Sammy and the other Autumn. woman. Yeah, Autumn are like the princesses, but they're probably further up. And so I think that they're like replenishing their, you know, their yeah. their younger ingenues. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is good. I agree. Which is um and then yeah, and then the guys too, because I'd never seen these guys before either. The, and then the guy that played um uh, Russ, I looked him up and now I forget what he he's been in actually a bunch of stuff. He's been a series regular in a few things. Okay. And then I love and then I sent you guys that article because I guess like part of the Hallmark thing, like the new the new kids in Hallmark are like dating and couples and Getting pregnant oh, yeah. and married. Oh yeah. 
So scrolling back to see it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the so like you know, I'm calling them the kids. They're like adults, but the young adults who are married, because remember, it is Hallmark. So you know, no dating around for you. You got to marry her. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. Anywho, I guess I should. Speaking of getting dirtied up, I guess I should go get dirtied up for the eagle. <laughs> well, before you do that, how how can people find you, Les? Well, you can find me on my website at lescirkendallbarrett.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at lescirkendallbarrett.com. And also, um, I will be performing my show, The Real Black Swan Confessions of America's First Black Drag Queen, at the Prague Fringe Festival. May 20th, and I'll be doing that entire week of shows. And if you are in the New York area, stay tuned because I will be bringing my show, The Real Black Swan Confessions of America's First Black Drag Queen, to the Queerly Festival for Pride Month. And I'll have more details of that coming up as well. Jason. Please stop whatever you're doing. Stop right now. Go rate and review us on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. Give us five stars. It helps other people find the show. You can find us all on Instagram and Facebook at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Shot Jason. Kurt. I'm at KurtFitzpatrick.com. And the last week of August plan ahead is I will be in my show, The Gesture of All Maladies, at Indie Fringe. I and I, I will be there, too. Three shows. I will be there, too. And I will be taking, I'll be taking Kurt to gay bars there. No, okay. you won't. You always say that. You, you never do it. Yeah, you never you get never a chance to do it. Opportunities Less, don't happen. And, unless you take yep. him to a gay bar and you make sure that somebody tickles him. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'll be a night to remember. Um, <laughs> no, I'm there the last weekend. You're not there the last week. Damn you, Kurt. I could avoid the gay bar. No, you're gonna, you're gonna have to go now, myself. Kurt, and you're gonna have to gauge if you can tell if the guys are good looking or not by yourself. Yes. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna go. Um uh, well, well I'm gonna be less of the trying to Oh yeah, I, I might we might be able to make that happen. Cause I'll I'll come down to Philly and get you. Oh no. Or wherever you well you I'll come down to New Jersey and get you. I think they do have gay bars in New York. New York City? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they've got, yeah. They've got several. And they're pretty intense. Some are. Some aren't. A couple. Well, that one that I passed, we used to pass by sometimes, the one that's right off of like, I guess it's on Christopher Street. It's like right, it's like across oh, from, it, maybe, it's a, that, sounds, that sounds right. It's like across from the, um, oh, you know, what's the, Bar, the famous, oh, Stonewall? famous one. Yeah, Stonewall. So it's like a cut across the street. Yeah, I think that's Monster. The little yeah. park and then the right across from there. It the makes the monster, yeah. yeah. I've walked that by there. That was my very first yeah. gay bar ever. That's that. Yeah. I've looked in the window in that place. and That, if you get me in, you're not getting me in that place. The monster made me what I am today. <laughs> <laughs> that place, that place, um, I don't know if they allow straight people in. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'll get the doorman to make an exception. Oh, man. Keep going. 
That's, I don't know. All right. I, I think it's time Ooh. to wrap it up, boys. Yeah, Let's I do it. Let's do it. Let's anyway, wrap it up. Bye. Bye. Bye.